Good evening, friends, and thanks so much for tuning in to Heart of Indie Radio. Tonight, we are privileged and honored to have Prashat Shah in our studios. Now, Prashat Shah brings 30 years of experience in several industries. He's produced more than 30 blockbuster Bollywood and Hollywood movies and television shows in USA, Canada, UK, and India. And oh my goodness, he's highly skilled in getting shows and films to market. He's experienced in leading large teams and top talent from various backgrounds like research technology, films, music, events, and celebrities. He's an expert in coming up with content for Bollywood, Hollywood, China, and Latin markets. And he is here today, right now on Heart of Indie Radio. Welcome, Prashat. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And good morning, everybody. And good afternoon, wherever you're listening, whatever part of the world everyone is. <laughs> well, we're definitely Thank a global uh, a global family, so I'm sure our folks from all over the world are, are thrilled to have you on the show tonight. And thank you so much. It's a great honor to have you on the show. And I'd love for our listeners to hear more about your life, your journey. Now, you were just recently quoted by saying this. I feel like this is a great, a great sort of uh, avenue to your heart. I was the youngest stand-up comedian, comedian, sorry, and a dancer at age 13 performing live shows around the world with one of the biggest music directors of India cinema in 1977. And I got to perform during the break in between for musicians having their coffee. When I finished performing my solo act, I had to go on stage, do a wardrobe change quickly and play side rhythm. Hence, that is what added passion for music. So it's great that you're here because obviously we're a radio station and you also are so advanced with all of the film uh, and television projects you're doing, but you really have a love for music, which is, I, I love knowing that about you. So tell us, how how did it all begin? Well, uh, going back to the journey days, uh, I was a young kid performing for my school at an annual event day, which uh, the schools in India do. It's in a, uh, a day where all you are allowed to perform or so it's a sports week and then it's a a drama or talent week so of course i used to play soccer so we would have soccer tournaments and then the next week would be our talent tournaments or talent events and it would go into competition so you would either have a a short play or a short uh, you would give it three minutes or up to five minutes if you had a play to go on the stage and perform so of course i was performing a little stand-up a three-minute gig and then a three-minute gig for a dance item and someone from the stage came backstage uh, from someone from the audience came backstage and handed me a card and said would you mind going to this address tomorrow and meeting up with uh, these music composers and directors of Indian cinema and uh, they also do live events and live shows and your talent would be amazing to see as a young kid to be performing with uh, on a bigger scale and I just took it like as, you know, of course you get excited you and you're 13 years old. So that excitement is different than a 19 year old or a 22 year old college grad graduate mm. getting excited. So it was, of course, I went and did an audition. And next thing I know, I was performing for them. And it was a trial show, which, which in their language meant that we're going to try you out for uh, with your performance in front of the audience and if the audience liked it and then we'll see take the next step and the first two performance act I did uh, was of course stand up and um, when I say of course in the sense because I was the youngest 13 year old performing with a live band and and all adults and family watching the show and entertaining 
and it became a big success. And next thing I know that I was with that group for almost three years, performed a little over 3,000 shows worldwide. And of course, you would say 3,000 shows in three years, but keeping in mind that on weekends, we would have shows starting at matinee, then at 3 o'clock, and then four o'clock, uh, 6 o'clock, and then again at 9 o'clock. So it was a three-hour gig, or two-and-a-half-hour gig, and then we have 30-minute break between the next gig. But it would be in one arena or one uh, uh, performing art center where you would do three shows in a day or four shows sometimes in a day. So that was my part of journey of uh, learning the art and music. And of course, when you're with musicians, you all day rehearsing and fine tuning the equipments. And when I finish my performance for two hours, I'm not gonna sit back in the green room. So I would love to go and get on the stage and play the side rhythm or go into the sound uh, by the sound engineer and start working and helping out, helping him out with the lights and the sound and all that. So it was a very well experienced uh, uh, profession that ended up, started as a hobby, ended up into a profession. That's incredible that you not only discovered something that you really, really love to do, but the work ethic and the focus that you had to have and the discipline to do those shows every single day. And then, of course, like you said, instead of just kind of resting, you would go out and you would help uh, the other departments and the other people that needed your skills, which is which is really remarkable. And I guess in some ways really set you up to do what you're doing now because you had those you know, you had that focus and, and that collaborative uh, attitude, which obviously, in whenever you create something as big as a film, you certainly need to be someone that can oversee uh, every detail. Uh, it's it's quite amazing how, you know, when, when we look at different uh, film theme music and the creation of music and television and film, as, as Eddie and I have been talking on our show this weekend, I'd love to get your thoughts on how you think kind of the creative side, you know, so we've got the the filmmaking, but then adding those musical elements and that sound design, how important is that with cinema making for you? I can, I can go on on that subject. Uh, only reason because uh, I'm so passionate. I mean, I just finished a film called Jungle Cry, which is up and waiting for the release. Of course, due to COVID, it's uh, right now hanging, but uh, once that is out, Uh, I sat into every recording session of my background score, including to the point where I sat with my music director and I said, back in the days when I was growing up as a kid in the 80s and 90s, all I remember is watching either it was James Bond or doesn't matter. And I was a big action film uh, audience and that excited me more as a kid. And there was never a moment I would not get excited just to watch the opening credits of the film and the soundtrack and get involved into it. So I literally sat with my music director and said, I need to have a title track that becomes a memory for people. So when they hear, when they're not even watching the movie, that if the title track plays somewhere, it registers in their mind. And if you look at all the major hit films, whether it's Mission Impossible or The Lion King, or you name it, including James Cameron, when he finished Titanic and he showed it to the studios, and the studio said, well, this looks an okay film, nothing big. And until he did the background score and when they heard it, they knew it was a billion dollar film. So music plays a big, big part of any cinema or any television show because it's an audiovisual experience. And you cannot, unless it's a silent movie, 
even if it's Tom and Jerry, you still need the music, the chase music or the emotional music or sad music. Otherwise, the cartoons would not connect to the kids. So those music played a very important role. And I think we all humans have music in our body because 90% of our body is made of fluid and fluid is nothing but musical notes in human body with what you see in the ocean out there. And that is a very important fact that cinema should have that fluid moving in order for the audiovisual to relate to Joe Schmo or any age audience sitting in the theater or in a living room. I love that. And that's so true. I think, you know, if you, if you take music out of film or even a commercial and you just completely watch something on silent, it's just a completely different experience than yeah, when you're I mean, prompted by the music. It just music. makes you feel so many emotions. I mean, how many people who are listening out there, they do their workout, and the minute you turn on the music, your workout extends for another 20 minutes, 15 minutes, because it's just pumping you up. It brings energy. Mm, absolutely. Do you have any favorite cinematic music that you feel really made, you know, a certain film memorable for you, either one that you've created yourself or, or just one that you've observed as, you know, a film lover? Oh, I am from Hans Zimmer to everybody. You can, I mean, I can give you a list of names, but of course, Hans Zimmer is my favorite and uh, and several music composers who stand out to make cinema a unforgettable memory, whether it's Godfather or Godfather title track would not make Godfather what it is if you didn't hear the title track and wherever you're listening, whether it's on a boat or whether it's on in a car, you stand at a traffic light and you turn on that music and all of a sudden it takes you on a journey that with your open eyes, you're still not looking what is in front of you, but you're visualizing what's in your brain. So every, I think it's hard to uh, give any music to a composer or a musician a level that it's A level or B level. I think they're all talented. It's just some get the opportunity to make it big and some have the luck of draw that puts them in a situation that they could have become big, but their circumstances did not allow them or whatever the reasons they may have. A musician is always uh, an amazing part of uh, human life and human genesis. And it's very uh, difficult to put them in any ranking who's favorite because they all do the same effort. They make the same effort. And of course, when, you, when you're a composer, you are composing millions of notes and putting it into collaboration to come out with the perfect blend of that juice. That's so a great I would answer. Yeah, yeah, I would respect every musician that's out there. Absolutely. Um, and, and was there a favorite theme song of, of any of any film that you enjoyed? Or is that sort of the same? It's just hard to pick it's one. It's the same. It's yeah. hard to pick. I mean, if I open my music, uh, iTunes library or Spotify, I have got, I think, like 900 soundtracks. And it's wow. very hard to which one is favorite. <laughs> yes, I don't. I won't make you choose one. 900. Yeah. That's tricky. <laughs> Yeah, which one do you give your heart to? They're all great. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Oh, so you you understand, listeners, right? All all music is equal. Now, um, are there? You know, it's obviously interesting times, as you know, for film lovers and performers worldwide. But I'd love for our listeners to know how you and your creative team have handled production and post production during the pan pandemic. Has it been difficult for you? Uh, yes, I mean it has been difficult. Because as uh, most of you know, listening out there and Amy, you know that when you're doing production or you're shooting a film or a TV commercial, I mean, I make feature films more than commercials. 
you have to have at least 50 to 60 people at a given time. I mean, my production, when I do, it, there's nothing less than 250, 300 people. So to have such a massive amount of people around the human body is just impossible. And uh, and it's impossible when you're doing a film with multiple actors in, in one shot or in, in front of the camera. I mean, you cannot keep doing single, single actors takes. So it has become very challenging and it's better to wait for this COVID to finish off. And even like trying to do ADR work or post-production work and having an artist go into the studio to do the ADR, then you find out, I mean, we had a situation where one of the Bollywood actor got affected doing his ADR work and had to go get hospitalized and then family got affected. So it's not that uh, easy right now during these circumstances. I think it's better to be safe than sorry and just figure out, you know, alternative ways of doing smaller productions or, uh, and also of course we all do COVID tests and COVID compliances. We have a mandate of production requirement when during COVID that all the equipments have to be wiped every two hours and human have to wash their hands every time they go out of the frame. And it's just uh, not the best case scenario, especially when you have somebody who needs makeup and hair and, and you can't do all that on a regular basis that you're used to. So to answer your question, it's very hard and very difficult, especially in our field. Uh, but we are, we have put our production on hold at this moment and just waiting for COVID to get away and resolve. And hopefully by end of this year or before the end of this year, we'll have some vaccine out there that we can by 2021 have a better look on the horizon. Mm. You have a, a beautiful film called Jungle Cry that you uh, referenced earlier uh, when we began speaking, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about the story because it's a it's it's based on a true story. And actually, when I met you in person in LA, you told me the story of this film, and it made me cry. So I'm sure it will touch uh, many people's uh, you know hearts tonight. But I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about the film, and uh, I realize it will be released uh, at, at a later date. But yeah, just. Uh, yeah, Jungle Cry, it's about uh, uh, a story about young kids, tribal kids, orphan kids from India, and uh, they get an opportunity to uh, participate into a tournament in, in a sport that they have never played called rugby. But just that's the one line part of the story, but the, the little synopsis that I can put in a simple two minutes is... Uh, is a gentleman who or a kid is born and he has five siblings, five sisters and one boy. And uh, the mother does not have enough money because the father has died in a car in a train accident. And the mother gives away the six kids to her sister who can was a little more affordable to give them a roof and a one time meal or two time meal. Nevertheless, they don't even have proper shoes or clothing. And they don't go to school because they don't have a system where they can send the kids to school or for getting educated. However, the young boy, he uh, ends up going to school and becomes a chemical engineer eventually. And from his first paycheck, he adopts uh, two children and sends them for education. Second paycheck, two more kids. Today, he has 30,000 children that he provides housing, education, uh, medical and uh, all meals provided and he's a it, it it's and it's not run off of any donations and so forth so it's a ngo but it's a privately owned 
And today he has 30,000 kids, boys and girls under one campus. And he has about 27,000 kids at his university that go to college. So in total, he has about 57,000 children getting educated for a guy who did not have his, a parent. He himself had a kind of an orphan lifestyle, but he's not married. He does not have his own family. And when I asked him, how come you don't have a family? He said, I've got 57,000 kids. How big of a family do I need? Uh, wow. So that's his principle in life and philosophy of life that he wants to give education and give opportunities to those. And so he has a school and in that he, he wants to build a sports team. So he gets a, he recruits a football coach to go and bring kids and recruit them from the jungles, from the tribal parts of India and build a soccer team and the training for soccer. Meanwhile, there is a gentleman from British Embassy who works in Calcutta at the UK High Commission and he happens to be at this campus and sees these kids playing dirt soccer and so the British gentleman he ends up going to the founder of the institute and tells them that I would like to get your kids and train them for a sport that they have never played called rugby and take them to England to play the World Cup. And of course, against all odds, the Indian coach is not too, fan, too fond of it because rugby is a massive big boys game. And, uh, and these are weak kids, the orphan, tribal, underprivileged kids. But regardless of all the circum obstacles and circumstances, they get trained, they go to England, play against four different, five different countries and end up winning the World Cup. And it's based on a true story. Oh. And and for the kids who have who go from 40 degrees Celsius to 4 degrees Celsius and climate change to different type of food, different type of environment, they have never even traveled out of their home. They don't even know what home is because they are orphans and tribal kids and get on a plane and get into a big field and play the game. And against all odds, they end up winning the game. Thank you. Oh, you did it again. You made me cry. <laughs> it's just well, such that, a beautiful story. I just I'm so I'm so thrilled that, you know, that this film will be seen by, you know, a global uh, a global family. And and I know that it will be released at the right time. Um, but it's just such a I think it's such a beautiful, inspiring story. And it's true. And I think now more than ever, you know, it's a story that will really ignite, I think, people's hearts and give them hope. Uh, that no matter what happens, you know, you take this young boy who, you know, had had very little to his name, but he he rose up and made something really amazing for himself. And, and his legacy, of, of course, is all these children that he's been able to give a new life to. And that's just that's so wonderful. I'd love to know how, you know, because there might be someone out, out there right now listening and, and they feel encouraged by the by what you're sharing and your words of wisdom. Are there any sort of things that you might uh, say to creatives, you know, uh, talent, uh, directors, producers who maybe are just starting out and, you know, they're kind of obviously starting out at an interesting time in history. Is there is there something that you can share with them about how they can get their work noticed or any sort of, yeah, just some kind of, kind of some um, encouragement? Absolutely. I mean, keeping in mind that, you know, when I started my career, and I'm sure and when you started your career, you, we all didn't have the opportunities of what we have today and the outlets that we have today. I mean, between OTT platforms, streaming companies, uh, televisions, and of course, films making for theaters. And also, 
I had never heard about short films until last five years and short films were, has started getting a lot of recognition and, and the opportunities are immense. It's, uh, you know, I don't think anybody should be out there feeling discouraged. Oh, it's COVID. I don't know who, who to go to or how to approach anyone. But if you're passionate about your art and your talent, don't get discouraged. It's a perfect opportunity for you to take this breathing time, to take this breathing space and look at the world market, what's going on in the current environment and build an opportunity because I always believe that opportunities are not something you grab, you have to create and you have to build it. And if your heart is in the right place, although it's on the left, it's always right. Believe your heart <laughs> what it tells you because at the end of the day, it's your mind and heart that has to synchronize and, and just get the flow going and focus on who you need to reach out to and where you need to reach out to in your own regions or your own territories because at the end of the day if your neighbor can believe what you are doing then the world will believe if your parents don't believe but you still believe it doesn't matter who believes or nobody believes but as long as you believe in yourself and that is i think the most important factor because it does not make any difference in your life at the end of the day who believed in you in you and who did not believe in you you believed in yourself and you have to build this opportunity and create it because you have given this life a chance and let that chance come to you because there is no age or there's no time that okay if i'm going to try for two years if it doesn't happen i'm done because uh, how many actors and how many musicians and how many talented people and artists we know whether they're painters or whoever they may be that they have had a career starting at age 50 or age 40 or age 30. There's no timeline. I mean, if somebody can start their age, their career at an infantry stage, being a child artist, but they never became who they should have or they could have. And here's someone who has never done and just happened to be on a roof of a studio putting some carpentry job and Spielberg noticed the guy and says, come on down and tells, okay, you're Harrison Ford, here's a movie. and the Harrison Ford never had a thought about becoming an actor in his life. So it's not only just being right time, right place, but it's a passion. And it's, of course, there's always luck that plays in your favor. But even don't say that you have bad luck, because if you didn't have bad luck, you never would have had any luck. So even bad luck is good. <laughs> yes, it's that's, good those are great words. I think that's so true. I mean, having, having the focus uh, and, and the hard work behind your, your passion and your dreams is, is so needed, I think, in whatever field that, that you find yourself in. And, you know, um, closing out tonight, I, I did want to just ask if you have any observations about maybe the films from 2018 to 2020 and how people are, you know, reacting to and listening and watching films. You know, there's so many different platforms, as you've mentioned, but obviously there's definitely a difference from two years ago about how people are accessing uh, their content. So I'd love to know, as a film film creative, kind of your thoughts on that. I My thoughts are very simple. That today, people have, I think it's more become a family thing as opposed to individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, before to COVID and the films from 2018 to 2020 that have had more of a global impact of storytelling from family perspective or a united perspective as opposed to individual perspective. And of course, a theater experience is theater experience. It doesn't matter how many content, how much content you watch on your handheld device, whether it's your phones or your tablets or your laptop or your television in your bedroom or living room. 
you still have that charm. It's very different to go and listen to somebody performing live or go and watch a movie in a theater because there are certain content that you just want to be in presence of public and not because you need public around you, but that experience is very different than watching at home. And I think right now we all are having a cabin fever that we are trapped inside. And uh, I think the new content that's going to come out is going to be far more educative, more informative. Uh, and our kids today are wearing masks and going out. And of course, they will remember this for next 50 years or 60 years mm. for their life to come through and also know that what kind of content makes them happy, whether it's a action film, or whether it's a drama, whether it's a tragedy, or whether it's health related or whether it's a family bonding with health related. So I think health has become a very important factor in today's everybody's life. Even people who have never gone out for walks, now they're going out for walks because they just have been cooped up in four by four walls. And, and I think entertainment is going to be the same thing that people will enjoy more outdoor activities because for the longest time they've been trapped for almost six months now. And I think the future of cinema and music and entertainment is going to be far more global because today we don't have a language that is different in music or cinema telling or storytelling. It's a universal language. So I think mm -hmm. the cinema from between 2018 to 2020 have had an impact, but today you're watching anything that's in in front of you because that's the only option you have. You don't have an option to guard and say, okay, there are six movies playing. I should watch one of this and give me two tickets for this and a popcorn and mm -hmm. whatever you have at the movie theater. Today, you are sitting in front of your television and just scrolling down. What do you have? Okay, this is it. This is, it. This is a new release and that's what I have to watch if it's suitable for your audience at home, right. uh, especially having kids and all that. So yes. I, I think there's a trend that is going to shift starting 21 it's going to be more of a family related or connectivity between generations related storytelling as opposed to just one side of storytelling brilliant answer if we could we could talk all Thank night you. with you Prashat I, I really I really um, value the time that you've given our audience this evening well, and just you. your your beautiful heart and your talents and really looking forward to everyone following you on social media and finding out more about you if you could give your website as well as uh, you know uh, you know if it's facebook or twitter instagram whatever you would like to share i'd love for our listeners to be able to follow you and and find out more yeah, i'm not so active on twitter but yes insta is because twitter i think has become like a political body out there that's uh, and i refrain from politics but of course, my, my Twitter handle is Prashant Shah Official. So it's my first name, last name, P-R-A-S-H-A-N-T, Prashant, last name Shah, S-H-A-H, Official. That's my Insta. And that's what I usually keep. And my company is called BollywoodHollywood.com. And needless to say what it does, but the name gives it all. <laughs> yes, no, it's, it's fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for being our guest this evening and really have enjoyed okay. speaking with you. And uh, listeners, please let us know what you thought of tonight's interview with Prashat Shah. You can DM us on Twitter at Heart of Indie or Instagram at Heart of Indie. And you can also email us at heartofindiradio at gmail.com. All right, you guys. <laughs> thank you Ed, for having me. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It was so fun. And, and you're on my Spotify, by the way, just to let you oh. know. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. <laughs> Blushing. Well, 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, right. Prashat. You all um, have a wonderful day. <laughs> thank you. All right, folks, let's get back to the music right here on Heart of Indie Radio. <laughs> 